The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. This is Cat, the Game Master of Sword of Symphonies, which is about the crew of the Westbreaker exploring the peaceful, post-apocalyptic world of Amilta. This is Episode 8 of Season 2, part of an arc we call Purity in Pearl. The party has come to a village in the foothills called Dunbarrow, which is guarded by a noble demon obsessed with purity. Lately, this demon, the Ambassador in Pearl, has been acting strangely, and it's only a matter of time until she turns on the people of Dunbarrow. It turns out a different noble demon, the Ash Duke, has been corrupting things and people with his touch, including Penelope, one of the party members. If the Ambassador catches anything he has corrupted, she destroys it instantly with her cruel javelins. Now the party is seeking out the Lady of the River's origin to get her help before Penelope is caught. Thanks for listening. The world is full of people. Stout people, narrow people, gentle people, coarse people an entire kaleidoscope of feelings and thoughts and outlooks and lives that whirl together in a rainbow against one another. Every person is as different as a new day, and every day touches the lives of people like it never has before and then vanishes. Did you know? Demons are the same way. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, King Cat, and I'm happy to be here. I'm having a grand old time. Hi, Cat. We are too. Hi, Kirsten. Kirsten is here. I am. Wonderful. How are you doing, bud? You know, I'm also having a grand time. And that's like, that's true. I guess the demons also are as unique as humans are. And that's wow. cool. Uh-huh. I spent a long time on that intro. Um, Dylan is here. Dylan is here with us as our special guest. Hi. It is come the hour in the day where I become more coffee than human. Hello. Hello. What a grand old time that is. Mostly human, I reckon. Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's okay, could I have a tall time? Because a grand is just a little bit more milk than I generally like. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can remake this. Don't worry about it. What, what about I'm a so dairy-free? I... What about a dairy-free time? <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's it's, it's fine. I can remake this. You're, you're sure? You're, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. Like, I, But yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, Nick is here with us. Time is an illusion. Thank you, Nick. Also, I'm here. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, not too bad. I got a lot of things done today. Uh, it feels good to get things done today. And only today. <laughs> only today. Tomorrow is just going to be back to the grind as usual. But, you know, for today, today feels good. Good. <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies. Penelope gave in to the influence of the Ash Duke and turned into a character we lovingly call Possessipe. The party was faced with 
well, combat with their very own mounted archer as the villain. And they eventually managed to talk Penelope down, drive back the influence that was exerting control over her, and bring her back to her senses. And then the party just had a nice camp. Party got settled in for the night, made themselves comfortable, foraged in the foothills around the last tooth for fish and other food, and just kind of talked. And now it is the next morning. So now my question is, what's everyone doing to prepare for a day of hiking? I think Penelope actually, in the middle of the night, got up and slept under Polly's wing. Wakes up early because when you're outside and once the sun peaks over the horizon, you're kind of up. And kind of gets up and starts to start a little fire. Okay. Theo just spends his morning taming the black massive hair. I think Cobb is probably just like chewing on some sort of natural uh, painkiller. Whether or not he need, he's chewing on it because that is the act of the painkiller or if he needs to chew on it to release stuff and rub on his uh, arm and, and hand, then uh, I will leave that up to you, listener, to decide. Mm. No, he's just eating it. It's for eating. <laughs> the listener doesn't decide, I do. Oh, no. Sorry, listener. You've been preempted. <laughs> the first truly great headcanon schism has begun. (laughs) This is where it all takes root. (laughs) So it's time for everyone to start their hike. And you are headed into the foothills toward the last tooth. First thing you've got to do is walk back to the banks of the Crying Night River. And once there, walk up the river to its origin and meet the lady of the river's origin. Straightforward. Very straightforward, but how's the weather? Is this a nice day for a hike, Cat? You know what? It's a lovely day for a hike. It is starting to look a little gray on the horizon. There's a big blotch of slate-colored clouds that are drifting in maybe a little bit faster than you would like as you walk. But for now, bright and sunny. How long is will it take us approximately to get to the river's origin? You should be able to make it by the dinner hour if you hurry. All right. A day of walking's not bad. Looks nice, at least for now. We should maybe pick up the pace a little bit here, everybody. Just because I think walking the rest of the way uh, in the rain? Yeah, those look like rain clouds. Might be a little much. The riverbanks do tend to get muddy when it rains. Mm. Mm. And it's not too steep yet, so... Yeah, Theo is uh, being native to the area, I think is going to try and do his best to, like, not necessarily take point physically, but direct the party a little bit while also sending, uh, having Ira just walk ahead of everyone and keep pace, make sure we're on the path. Yeah. And you stick to your path. Eventually you manage to retrace all your steps back to the banks of the Crying Night River, which is swollen with spring floods. And as you walk up the bank of the river, we're rounding the corner into lunchtime. You guys want to stop, take some time to eat, or do you want to just forge forward? Penelope always likes food time. Uh, she is out of pocket food at, at the moment. 
Yeah, Cobb is going to ask Penelope, hey, it's about lunchtime. What do you want to do? Uh, yeah, I think a quick little picnic might not be too bad. How does everyone else feel? Sounds good to me. Let's have a little picnic, everybody. Uh, yes, I suppose if we're uh, taking a break is fine, I guess. Mm. Okay. So noon rolls around. The party sits down with some leftovers from the night before, I assume. Might have been a good idea to smoke or dry some of that fish. Mm-hmm. And That's delicious. I loved, like, smoked bass. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, Tissa. Mm-hmm. It is cannot today. Mm. Hector's being a little bit contrarian. Mm. And a little bit of a swerve from yesterday's word. This is why he's the master storyteller. Absolutely. That's what makes the record of the Mad Guy so important. <laughs> we're, we're going to find out that the record of the Magi is actually just going to end in a recipe. And this is the preamble that all online recipes have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to take us centuries, but eventually it's just going to be like one cup pasta. <laughs> It'll be the best carbonara recipe ever, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying, like, the, the recipe at the end of it's got to be great. That's why everybody's waiting for it. <laughs> uh, okay, so you have a nice little picnic. The sun is... Well, the f sun was shining when you sat down. But when it's time for you to get back up and get back on the road, it has disappeared behind the wall of clouds. Well, let's hurry up then. I, uh, Cobb kind of looks around. I didn't, I didn't bring an umbrella and I've only got one jacket. You're almost not wearing this one. <laughs> Look, just because it didn't come with buttons. <laughs> I do, I do think Theo laughs at that. <laughs> it's quiet and stifled. Yeah. Penelope just silently hands him a wool blanket. He's like, if you need this. There's blankets. Thank you. <laughs> no, this is a man who didn't button his coat up when they were in the far north, so. Uh, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, his new jacket absolutely does not have buttons on it. I didn't expect that it would. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never once pictured Cobb wearing clothed shirt, clothed clothes. Mm -mm. It's not in his nature. And we know that. We respect that about him. So, party, as you are walking, I would like to hear some sensitivity rolls, please. Um, any particular skill, or can we choose? Take your pick. All right. I think Penelope is going to do a sensitivity survival. Okay. I think Cobb is going to do sensitivity melee weapons, because he's a little on edge, so he's got sort of his hand over his uh, sword more than usual, because the Duke is still out there somewhere. Ooh. Penelope just got one success. Okay. Uh, one success will tell you that those clouds are defo threatening rain for Sherzies. Oh, okay. Cobb got two successes. There is nothing nearby that Cobb is going to have to sword. That's good. He he does actually kind of uh, relax a little bit at that. Theo rolled extremely poorly, so I used Wicked Advisor mm -hmm. to re-roll with Understanding instead. Uh, and I got four successes and one edge success. Whoa. <laughs> Perfect. Whoa. Paying for itself. That's how it's done. 
What skill did you roll? I missed it, Dylan. Understanding. Um, under, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, survival. No, spirits. Apologies. Oh. Spirits. 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 Okay. And I guess Tissa is gonna roll sensitivity navigation. She has seen the clouds and is like, well, is there anything to be done about that? And knowing that it is spring and we were discussing the flooding, should we be concerned about that? So that's two successes and two edge successes. Oh, I think two successes is going to be just fine from a survival perspective. It's going to tell you that you should steer clear of the banks of the river because they are very soft. Mm -hmm. And if this rain breaks, they're going to get even softer. The very riverbanks are not a safe place for the party to be walking. Yeah, and like the worst thing is it's not raining yet, but if it starts dumping earlier, like the soft banks are going to come to meet us. Yeah. Like before we experience the rain ourselves necessarily, especially if there's yep. a storm surge. That's exactly correct. I think the way I'm going to resolve Theo's role is that Theo does not notice this, but Theo's familiar does. Ira notices something and darts off into the forest. She stops and she does look back with that, there's something here, like significant look, and then starts kind of slowly stalking her way forward through the brush. Okay, in that case, Theo is going to follow behind carefully and let Ira lead the way since she, clearly she knows what's going on, even though I don't. And now I would like anybody who is following Theo and anybody who is Theo, I would like to make sensitivity rolls, please. Not sensitivity, subtlety rolls. Um, what's the marching order? Theo said that you were taking point, but not necessarily actually being in front, but just kind of helping guide the party, correct? Yeah, but um, Ira was in front of the party, so everyone, I mean, would have seen her dart away, and then Theo would have broken off from behind and started tracking behind her. Oh. She is pretty hard to miss being a big, white, dog-like creature. Okay. Sorry, Kat, what rule did you say? Subtlety, please. You can choose to stay on the road, or you can choose to follow Theo, and if you do, I want subtlety rolls. I rolled Subtlety Tactics and got one success, one edge success. I'm not very subtle. Okay. Tissa rolled a Subtlety Navigation and got a four, a six, and a five, which is an incredible subtlety roll from Tissa. That's, that's upsettingly good for Tissa. Two successes is my difficulty, so I'm not going to ask you to use Clarity. Okay. Um, Penelope rolled Subtlety Athletics and got... Two sixes and a one. So two successes and an edge. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Two successes will do the trick. Is Cobb following? Well, if everybody is leaving, then Cobb doesn't want to let them all go off and get into trouble without him, so he'll follow along too. Okay. Cobb got one success, one edge success. Okay. So if Cobb and Theo keep this edge success, hmm. You know what? I'm going to just. Bring the rain down. Oh. You keep this edge success. I'm going to bring the rain down, but you're going to succeed at this role. I mean, I don't know about you, Nick, but I just want to get a little wacky with it. Yeah, I think the rain is dramatically appropriate, yeah. so uh, let's keep those edge successes. Yeah, it drowns out the sound of our approach. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's exactly how that works. <laughs> As you creep into this clearing, the sky breaks open. I think maybe Theo notices it first, just gets smote in the middle of the face with a big wet raindrop. And then one kind of grabs Penelope on the forehead and soon Cobb's shoulders are drenched and Tissa's hat is dripping. And you advance into this clearing to see that there is a creature there. It is not particularly tall, certainly much smaller than Pollyanna, but similarly built. It is a stag. It is kind of a whitish, bluish green in color, a faint sea foam, and it has strange glowing white antlers, and it is peacefully grazing. The raindrops hover around it without making impact, like a necklace of diamonds. Oh. All around its long neck and its graceful little pointed head are these little shining beads of water caught in midair. Um, can Penelope make a sensitivity riding to see how um, Polly is reacting to meeting the stag? I'll take that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> two edge successes. <laughs> wow. Mm, keep the edge successes and it'll notice you. You know what? I think Penelope has learned her lesson about breaking away from the group or like not waiting for the right time to introduce herself. That makes sense. Okay. So she's going to play it safe. So you've got no clue. With the downpour beginning and clearly not being noticed by this um, entity. Theo is going to slowly bring the glaive down, blade end down, and just sink it into the softening wet dirt and then just kind of leave it upright and run a hand up Ira's back and quietly whisper to her to stay out of sight and is going to slowly with hands kind of like up over the grass, walk towards it. Okay. It eventually does notice your approach and lifts its head from the ground to look at you. Its eyes are wide, wider than a normal deer's and white as pearls. It looks directly at you, but its eyes are cloudy and vacant. Okay. That's... A little creepy, but <laughs> can I roll understanding spirits to see if I know what this is? Yeah. That's, oh God, that is a terrible first roll. Oh, spaghetti. And it's not great on the second one either. Uh, that's two successes total. No edge successes. Well, two successes is what I wanted from you. You're local to the area and this is your specific field of study. This is a lesser daemon, one of the lesser daemons of the lady. Okay. This one in particular is known to locals as the blind stag. All right. Well, that tracks. I don't think that changes much about Theo's approach or behavior. I think he just continues to walk forward very like, calmly and, and passively, as unthreateningly as possible. It tilts its head and watches, kind of curiously. Doesn't really move the rest of its body, just turns on that long neck to look at you. Yeah, Cobb is kind of like very quietly whispering to Tissa, what's he doing? 
Um, um. Tiss is going to roll Understanding Spirits to see if she read about this demon at all when she was reading about the Lady at the River's Origin or if she was uh, too focused on, like, the healing stuff. Hmm. And while Kathleen's rolling, Kat, what are the spell pieces? The spell pieces here are Water, Life, Green, Chorus, Fear, and Trembling. In that case, I'm, I want to do some magic. Please do. I want to do Chorus of Spirits. Ooh. Oh, I like that very, very much. Please tell me exactly what you want it to do. <laughs> Theo just walks very slowly to be just out of arm's reach from the stag and raises a hand open palm towards it and closes his eyes and he looks terrible in the rain because his outfit is mostly white and it's just clinging to him. He looks like a yeah. ghost, honestly. <laughs> and he whistles quietly for Ira to approach and as she comes up, he places his other palm on her head and tries to sort of just conjure a communion between the two of them as a form of communication and tries to just create a um, understanding to communicate what they're here for and who they're looking for. Okay. I very much enjoy that. As we resolve this and Tissa and Cobb watch, Kissa rolled three successes on understanding spirits, which I'm interpreting as her saying, this is one of the ladies' demons. It's, um, and it's been around a long time. Oh. Is it friendly? Most of the time. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's a, it's one of those ones that judges you, you know? Oh. If you are good to it, it is good back kind of thing. But it's also just, it's also kind of an animal. It kind of lives here. It's one of those. It's one of those. I guess Theo is, this is his area of expertise, so I guess I'll trust that he knows what he's doing. I wonder what it's going to say. I think visually the way that this looks is that the rain immediately around Theo and Ira begins to, like, freeze in place. Um and kind of shimmer with this like faint white light similar to the white flames um, from Ira as um, almost silently Theo just whispers, we're seeking your lady. Hmm. I think a verbal response is gonna cost you four scatter. An impression is gonna cost you two. Four, let's go baby, all in. The stag looks at Ira and the two of them kind of legitimately converse. These are not a dog and a deer, after all. These are daemons. And the language that they speak is quiet and melodic and long and languorous and drawn out and completely alien. Eventually, after a moment of this chorus, the stag looks beyond Theo at the rest of the party. And it does look, turns its head to face them and everything, blinks those wide, white, pearly eyes. Cobb gives it like a little sheepish wave. <laughs> I think it sees us. 
Then the stag springs off into the forest in a sudden, abrupt movement. But you hear its voice clearly. Yeah. Its voice sounds like that language of daemons, long, melodic, and drawn out. And you hear it say, if you need her, she is this way. Theo kind of over his shoulder just shouts, Tissa, my glaive, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're following. I, I guess we're going then. Tissa rolls two successes and a four on sensitivity tracking. Two successes on sensitivity tracking will do the trick. We'll let you track the stag. Mm-hmm. Three successes, if you choose to use clarity, will make it easier for everyone else to. That sounds polite. I think we will uh, <laughs> scatter into the assist pool. Okay. So this strange effect that collects the raindrops in midair lasts for a moment after the stag leaves an area, which means there is a trail of stationary raindrops. So Tissa is going to snap up Theo's glaive and say, go go where it is still. Do you see where it's still? That's where it just was. All right. Come on, Penelope, Polly, let's go. All right. Um, I'm on my way. Theo kind of takes off following immediately behind, but doesn't necessarily make a break and waits for everyone to kind of catch up from behind. And upon retrieving his glaive, um, Tissa, thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, we've uh, gotten a bit of a guide. Yeah. This will keep us off the river during the rains. That was nice to watch. Also, this is really front heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a swinging than a thrusting weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cobb is just jogging through the frozen raindrops. All right. Let's get some athletics rules. Oh, God. Cat, okay. please. My poor boy. <laughs> Difficulty is bumped down because, like, you don't have to worry about tracking. Tissa has pointed out the, the kind of secret to following its movements. But you still have to physically follow its movements through the forest. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Penelope is going to do a daring athletics. Okay. You can also use daring riding if you would prefer to just get on Pollyanna's back and follow it that way. That might be a cool idea. Kat, I have a very important question. Please ask me your very important question. When does the assist pool reset, if at all? Um, when you rest. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I need to use it again. Okay. So Penelope got one success and one edge success. Did not roll the greatest. Oh, dear. Oh, dearsies. So was that on athletics or riding? Oh, sorry, riding, yes. Okay. Yeah, it turns out that the stag is smaller than Pollyanna. She's a cloud elk. She's a good deal bigger than this creature and is not necessarily as good at delicately picking her way through the forest as it is. Mm. Poor Polly, she's trying her best, but it's tight branches. Yeah, this isn't her type of forest at all. So Cobb rolled Daring Athletics, which he is very good at and got four successes, but he's going to make sure that nobody gets left behind, and that includes the somewhat confused and a little annoyed Pollyanna. <laughs> Aww. With her rider. So what have we got from Theo? 
So Theo rolled athletics and got one edge success and not a damn thing else. Oh no. Because my poor boy ain't great. So I did use my advisor to roll again because I need my dog to help me not be such a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> and then I rolled four successes and an edge success. <laughs> oh, dang. Good dog best friend is saving my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Theo is not particularly athletic, but, you know, kind of knows what kind of path to take that's going to be easier on Theo. Yeah, he's like just following the white of Ira through the trees at this point, not even like watching where he's going, just watching her. And two fours and two fives on adaptability athletics from Tissa. I think I'm going to ask for three successes. Okay. This is a very fleet creature that you're trying to track. Okay. Uh... Before I do the thing, could I try activating my key of destiny? Because this is really important and we're about to meet the lady finally. Yeah. And whatever it was that Gideon said is going to happen up there. Yes. Cool. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. Seemed to be the impression she had. Yes. Oh, there's an extra success in there. Beauty. Hooray. Hooray. Destiny. Roll for destiny. Mm-hmm. No, don't keep that. <laughs> Kathleen of the future, don't keep that. <laughs> Kathleen of the future, do keep that. Nick of the present, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you are all running through the forest, some faster than others, I think eventually Pollyanna gets fed up and just takes to the sky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it is not it's not easy going. Her wings are wet. She hates it, but she can fly. We can we can do that. <laughs> you yes, Kirsten. You can do that. Just follow the glowing one. And as you take off into the canopy and above, you see a flock of little mint green birds, vaguely luminous that take to the sky in a whirling mass, chirping loudly at one another. Tissa, as you run, you see running beside you a small silhouette only about the size of a house cat with a big, long, bushy tail. Mm. It is the same shade of bluish, greenish white. Tissa says sort of hello in between, like keeping pace of her air. Yeah, and a strange green fox looks at you. It, too, has, like, raindrops suspended around it. Theo, I think, misses the sort of silver-blue boar that <laughs> is rooting around in the undergrowth. <laughs> Cobb doesn't. Cobb spots it. But Theo is focused straight ahead on his familiar. And eventually, all of you break out into a clearing. And you can hear the rushing of the crying night river. Here, there is a cliff. It is about, I'm going to say, a good 15 feet high. And the water leaps down it in an elegant cataract. And when you arrive at this cliff, you see the stag standing on top of it. Then it turns around and leaves. Um, before it walks away, I think Theo kind of takes a pause and exhales and then just very gently and politely offers it a small bow and walks towards the cliff. 
Yeah, it lowers its head to you before leaving. Manners. Yay. Manners. Manners. Thank you. So what are everybody's thoughts about this cliff? So I assume Penelope can get onto the cliff with Polly. How, like, oh, how yeah, tall yeah, is yeah. the cliff? 15 feet. 15. Two and a half cobbles. So I could have Polly help ferry people up. Or I have, um, I have rope. <laughs> no successes on a sensitivity engineering role, which Tissa doesn't have. Tissa sort of like stops and looks at the cliff face. Hmm. She would have had something to say about this. Shrugs and walks up to Theo. <gasps> I have tinkering. <laughs> Kirsten? <laughs> What on earth makes you think I would accept that right now? <laughs> to make a, a I know you think tinkering and engineering are the same thing. To make a rope ladder. <laughs> I guess tinkering's more fixing things that are a... Uh... Tinkering is mechanical objects. Yeah. Tessa was just looking at the rocks because Clara liked looking at the rocks. Yeah. I'm going to fight you. I'm going <laughs> to, Kirsten. Um. Well, how much, how much rope does Penelope have? Uh-huh. Because if it's enough, then we can probably just tie some knots in it and then have Penelope go tie it to like a tree or something up there or just have Pollyanna hold it. She is heavier than all of us, so she would be good counterbalance to let people climb it up. I mean, Polly could just ferry people up. Yeah, also that. I just want to ask a quick clarifying question as well. Just based on position and everything, it's pretty safe to assume that ascending the cliff is progress. Like that's that's destination word, right? Can I get sensitivity spirits roll? Absolutely you can. Sure I can. I'm good at those. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing. Do we need to go up the cliff or is this like the amphitheater? Oh, I don't have spirits, but I can do straight understanding. Um, You can do also, I would accept sensitivity survival. I got two successes. Two successes and an edge success on sensitivity spirits from Tissa. Okay. One success for sensitivity survival. Got no clue. <laughs> okay. And I had two successes for sensitivity spirits. Okay. Cobble make roll? Um, no, Cobb is mostly just looking at the wall and going, I'm not climbing that. <laughs> not in the rain. <laughs> Theo and Tissa both notice a peculiar sluggishness to this waterfall, as if the droplets are, at least on the side closest to the cliff, hanging in air for a moment before falling. It's heavy here. So they're hanging as they're coming off the top of the waterfall and then dropping. Okay. Yeah. They're coming off the top of the cliff. They are suspended briefly in air and then they drop. Gotcha. Well. If you closer investigate the waterfall, because you did succeed on this roll, there is a chamber behind it. There is an opening in the rocks. Oh. Well, look at that. Mm. Every good waterfall has a secret cave behind it. Everybody knows this. <laughs> well, you didn't roll. Did you? <laughs> Did you, Nick? Cobb is mostly thinking about, uh, about rum. <laughs> Fair, same. Cobb's looking at the slick cliff 
that he is definitely not going to climb, and he's thinking, what would I rather be doing instead right now? Ah, drinking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that would be my reaction, too. Like, hmm. <laughs> so is it safe to assume the party is going in here? It's the place that you were supposed to go. Yeah. I think, actually, Tissa says, oh, so this is the place we're supposed to go. It certainly is a bit, um, what's the word? Um, obvious? So I would say, yeah, likely. I think that's a good guess. Mm. Well, I guess we're already soaked enough. What's the trip through a waterfall? Yeah. I think once Penelope notices that everyone is going through the waterfall after she's landed on the top of the cliff, is like, oh. And comes back down and also heads to the waterfall. Can Polly fit or is Polly like, nah-uh? Polly too big. Polly doesn't want it into the waterfall. Polly doesn't want it into the rocks. Polly doesn't want any of the things that you're proposing. That sounds about right. She probably finds a covered treat area to stay ri- drier, <laughs> if possible. I would like to retcon what Tissa does. Tissa is waiting uh, for everyone else to come down. And when she notices that Polly is not coming in, she spends one scatter on water respite to make the cloud elk have a nice time while she is waiting for us. Yeah, I think you cast a spell that has kind of a similar effect to this effect that all these daemons have, Mm -hmm. which just causes the raindrops to stop before hitting her. Mm -hmm. I'll only ask you for one for that. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Tissa. I should have for us too, but um, we were busy. Theo kind of directs Ira to go stay with Polly and just says, keep watch. Yell. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Okay. Um, in now. The party ventures into the damp cave beneath the waterfall. And the stones here are slick and worn smooth by ages and ages of surging water. And as you step past the threshold of this cave, the water stops dripping off you, or rather, it drips and then stays until the air around you is full of little glittering particles of water that shine like diamonds in the faint bluish light of the place. The river does not necessarily only flow over this cliff you can see that there is a hole in the ceiling through which water surges in a shower before collecting in a broad circular pool and carrying on into depths unseen. And sitting in this pool, there is what appears to be a woman. She is quite small, less than a Tissa in size, and she is clothed in layer upon layer of gauzy green and blue and white. Something that may or may not be a physical fabric and may or may not just be mist. She herself has kind of a brown skin tone and long, dark blue hair. When she turns to look at you, her eyes are the same wide, pearly white as her stag. Um. And she waits. Theo does not. Theo uh, 
approaches the edge of the pool and immediately kneels down at the edge um, with his palms on his knees and sits there and takes a very deep breath and closes his eyes and upon opening them says, I have, I have come to ask for your help in resolving my mistake. If you would listen. I would listen. My, my pride allowed someone to be touched by something malicious and dark. And it put their life at risk in a place that I am responsible for in a way. A companion I travel with has been um, left marked by something. And I would ask for your aid in, in washing it away. And she looks down at Theo and looks up at the party, gives a little... Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, your head. Come. She has long arms, probably longer than they ought to be given the rest of her form, but it's hard to tell with half of her submerged. She waves Penelope over with just this look of barely restrained disgust. <laughs> Penelope slowly walks over, kind of slightly hunches and doesn't quite know what to say, kind of just casts her eyes down. Um, uh, he keeps touching things. <laughs> Penelope kneels beside Theo, I think. Takes a similar position. Okay. And... She reaches into the water, scoops the water up in both of her big hands, and drops it. And it lands as if one enormous raindrop has just hit Penelope in the back of the head. <laughs> just splashes all over her. And there is, to Penelope, an overwhelming sensation of, like, tingling. There's something fresh and there's a faint aroma of mint or lavender or some other herbaceous clean scent hard to place but nostalgic in a way and Penelope no longer has access to that demonic spell piece and the little bit of black hair is back to its normal red Penelope kind of shakes herself slightly but not too much but kind of shakes her hair and then um, looks at the lady and says Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry for causing all this trouble. Hmm. Who caused the trouble? Uh, that would have been me. I I talked to the to the prince. She looks at Theo. It is not her fault. Um, certainly not stopped by her, but not her responsibility wholly. He was playing at the edges of 
the ambassador's territory and <gasps> as a representative for her in a way he was prodding at me and unfortunately caught her in my stead. Mm. He keeps touching things. I have to admit, he's not pleasant. I hate that he keeps touching things. He's... Mm. He touched one of my poor birds. That's very unfortunate. I'm, I'm sorry he did that to you. I was able to clean her. That's good. It feels amazing, <laughs> I must say. Mm. Has he given up on this place, knowing that you can wash it away? Is that what drove him further down? To toy with her? Mm. I have not seen him for a while. He has certainly stopped touching my demons. Mm. At least he knows when he's beat, it seems. And she leans in close to Theo. And she smiles a strange, crooked, jagged smile. He does hate it when you can just clean things. Tell me, little intermediary. And she is like half Theo's size. What do you think of the ambassador? She is terrifying and strong. And she protects the place I call home. But she is cold and concise. Mm. I may respect it and fear it and appreciate it. But I do know to fear it. I do not think... Or rather, I do not like her ways much. We do not get along. Hmm. But... We do both hate that he keeps touching things. Common enemies, then. I... Mm. Would you accept a gift from me, little intermediary? I can't imagine myself to refuse after I've already asked for so much. If you're willing to give more, I will accept it graciously. Mm. What can I say? I am touched. And she vanishes into the water. She's gone for a good couple minutes, actually. Is, is the party doing anything while she is rummaging? I I think Penelope is just like, I don't know if I should move. Um, Theo, like, pulls at her arm. Go back with the others, um, just in case. These things can be um, tricky. Mm. I don't want you to get in trouble again. Uh, Not because of me. Oh, okay. Do do you want help or anything? I think I'm quite fine for now. But thank you. Uh, okay. Penelope kind of, without letting her eyes leave the pool, kind of walks back towards the party. And eventually, you can see at first the head of the lady just emerges from the pool her dark blue hair slicked down with water. She blinks her wide, white eyes. And eventually, her neck and shoulders come after, and she scoops up in her hands water from the pool. 
And she holds it there for a second. And when she puts her hands back down, the water has taken the shape of a glass as if there is a flawlessly clean, perfect chalice holding it there, but invisible. Okay. And she hands this to Theo. I take it. Yeah. And it feels like there is something there. Like, it feels like Theo is holding onto a glass, but the water is just suspended like half a centimeter from his hand. Does does the water move? Like, will it spill from the invisible glass as Theo shifts it in his grasp? If Theo tilts it, it will. But if it's just kind of moving back and forth, it stays in one place. Okay. It can be poured, but it does not spill. Oh. Now, if I may be so bold, may I ask what this will do and what I presume you are going to ask me to do with it? If he keeps touching things, someone has to wash them. And while Theo has this cup from the lady, he can use the terrain spell piece cleansing. Actually, I might go personal spell piece cleansing. Ooh, even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. That is certainly something of great value given current happenings further down the mountain. I'm grateful to you. If I could ask one more selfish question. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose my fair lady in white may be upset with me bringing this back. All she wants is the same thing I want. For everything to be nice and clean. She just cleans differently than I do. It is striking the difference. You can't stop him from touching everything. But maybe he will get discouraged if it happens in her territory, too. I hope so. He's a bit big for me to pick a fight with, unfortunately. Mm. As much as I might like to. Most of us are. (laughs) It was a joke. Anyway, I don't like fighting. It's messy. It certainly is. I... Again, I am grateful. Thank you for what you've done. Um, is there anything I can do in return as a show of gratitude? Mm -hmm. Tell my sister you're welcome. If I can bend her ear, I certainly will. Thank you, once again. (laughs) And Theo stands. That laughter kind of trails off as she vanishes down into the pool. Theo walks back to the group, and as soon as he gets, like, a fair number of paces away, starts to, like, almost collapse inward and just looks exhausted. Oh, she left before I could say thank you. Well, they're like that sometimes, aren't they? Talking to them is exhausting. 
It's really heavy in here, too. Oh, uh, first time? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, well, um, maybe best not to loiter. Yeah, I was just going to say, shall we head back to the other side of the waterfall? Yeah. Let's head on back. And Cobb kind of looks at Penelope for a second and, and ruffles her hair. You look good, Red. I like your color back in you. Uh, thank you. All right, let's go, everybody. Let's go, everybody, us, everyone. And as the party emerges from behind the waterfall, I believe it's memory time. Hooray. Memory Hooray. time. Rememberies. I think... For me, I always like conversations between our adventurers and the demons. It's interesting to hear how everybody interacts with them. And I always, yeah, I really like that. I really liked all of the uh, the critters. They were really cool. That was cute. It's got a very fairy tale vibe at the river's origin. I was kind of picturing Ocarina of Time when you go into the fairy pool to get, like, the health potion. <laughs> oh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. But I was trying to lean into that a little bit with, like, well, it's one of those ones that's, like, it's kind of judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when she kept saying, keeps touching things. I was like, she's like, he keeps touching things. Like, uh, as if someone talking about a toddler, like... Ugh, get in their sticky hands. <laughs> they just had a popsicle and now they're just touching all the toys. I I continue to be just... <laughs> just the amount of times that Theo absolutely completely fails at something and needs to be saved by his dog. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a trend. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Their beautiful bond. Mm-hmm. That's why you have a familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Here is a very good dog. Demon, dog demon. Yeah. Demon familiars have been, like, advising their fuck-up masters since at least Goethe, if not, like, earlier. Yeah. That's absolutely true. You nerd. <laughs> but it's a stone-cold fact. Me nerd, but <laughs> thank you for playing with us, listener. We had a really great time. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. If you get Kathleen's jokes, and I hope that you do, and I trust that you do, you can let us know on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or at sortofsymphonies.com using the email form on our website. You can also join the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord and talk about mm. literature or game design or like Chillhaven's like entire like aesthetic that they've got going on. Oh man. Mm -hmm. People's cute dogs. People's cute dogs. People's cute dogs. Super idols. You can talk about super idols. You can talk about idols of all kinds, really. I'm going to be oh, honest yeah. with you. They're, they're not limited to the super type. <laughs> or all of the above. And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, Dylan, wow. That's what I think when I wake up. 
Wow, this, this guy again? <laughs> Dang. Fucking. But where can people find more Dylan? You can find me on Twitter at lasers with a Z underscore forever, as well as the official Twitter for Tales from the Tabletop at TFTT underscore presents, which has all of the news about our actual play stuff that cat's in. So it's cool. That makes it cool by default. Cat. Cat's here. Yay. Well, I've already said it, but thank you, listener, for joining us on our adventures. We always love it. And mm-hmm. we love you. We love you, listener. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Later. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Experience Points Season 3 is a homebrew adventure for the mind of our very own Kenny, Twitter user at Punderdrome. With inspiration drawn from the Expanse, Inner Space, The Dark Ship, and Starfinder lore, we bring you The Behemoth. Join me. Joss, the eldest of the Pepper Clone Clan, skilled pilot, and angst-filled mechanic. Abra is a shimmering data wizard that always has salt water around. But not for the reason you might think. The An, Shirin, spiritual advisor, and ascetic assassin. And Harper Neon, a Borai gnome biohacker that has just the right serum for any occasion. As long as you don't mind the fumes as we find our way into and explore this strange drift ship anomaly.